Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Welcome to another edition of the Creators Outlet, sponsored by our friends over at the Inked Marketing team. Inked Marketing, if you need that extra hand or push, our guests tonight definitely don't, to uh, get your Kickstarter or Indiegogo past the finish mark, uh, contact Kevin Gillette over at Inked Marketing and see what they can do for you. 30 plus years in the business. Check them out for yourselves, Inked Marketing. And tonight we welcome Matt Knowles and Steph Cannon. Who do not need any help at all. It's like a train going off the tracks. <laughs> and why can't we be a train state on the tracks? It's going really fast. Why do we have to be going off the tracks? No, we're going off the rails like a crazy train. There you go. Why can't we stay <laughs> on the train and why can't we stay on the tracks and be crazy? That way we don't go over off the cliff and you know go out, you know, be like uh, back to the future and go into the gully. Like, why can't we just stay on the train? No, I like, I, I'm, I'm all for crazy train. Hey, who's to say that Superman's not going to come underneath and hold up the, the tracks like he did? Yeah, in or Spider Man, you know, just like he did save that subway car. <laughs> yeah, except we would know it was coming because Tom Holland can't keep a secret. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently. So, hey, man, thanks a lot for having us on the show tonight. Uh, Really appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, to hang with us or us to hang with you or whatever, whichever way that, that yeah, phrase should it, go, but we really appreciate it. Yeah, we, well, we were talking in the pre-show. It's been like a year. You guys were on a, a you know, good segue, and an off-the-rails show uh, uh, over over a year ago now, and uh, I, saw, yeah, I, I saw the – I was – and I was – before I saw – the post for the for the new campaign, I was like, "Wow, I haven't I haven't seen or heard much of anything from from Matt or Stefan in in months, like any posts or anything." Which is what which is wild because we we yeah. do post a lot. We've had a lot of uh personal yeah, we're definitely stores. Uh, we did we did have a we did have a uh, we did have a point in uh, December and January where we were a little bit. A little bit quiet because uh, Steph was having some um, 
a medical procedure done. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of pulled back just a little bit there, but you know, we were, we were jamming. We actually had, even though we had 14 appearances canceled in five different States in 2020, for obvious reasons, we still ended up with like 18 appearances. And, um, we had, we had some stuff in December and in January. Yeah. We've, we've been trucking, but the Facebook algorithm just doesn't like people. I had, yeah, a guy, yeah. I had a guy this morning. I had a guy this morning, a fellow creator that I talked with him and he's like, dude, he's like, how long has your campaign been active? He's like, this is the first that I've heard of it. I messaged him on instant messenger. I'm like, dude, it's been active for like a week and a half. And he's like, I'm like, I'm like with the amount that we post about it and send our emails and do previous campaign updates. I'm like, I can't believe that there could possibly be somebody out there in our community that has not ever seen a post about it. So it just blew my mind how much it's, it's proven that the Facebook algorithm just nukes the heck out of people's posts. Well, it doesn't like me seeing anything because, you know, uh, it's, it's a rare occasion that I'm not in Facebook jail. So oh, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like if anybody so much as posts two posts in a row, they're in Facebook jail these days. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people it, trying to promote it, their stuff. And you know, getting, it's like, you you said an opinion that doesn't agree with us and uh, yeah yeah honestly I'm I mean I, I'm glad because you know we we you, when you're doing a Kickstarter campaign you have to post about it that's how people know about it there's no other way to get around it oh, so yeah. I'm glad that we've been fortunate enough to not be slapped on the wrist by Facebook because uh, we try we try not to spam but we are posting every day about it so yeah. I'm not sure if it's just the wording that we're using or what it is but. We've been it, lucky it, so might, far. it might be me because I've got like so many posts like flying by and uh, I I go live five nights a week. So, uh, OK, uh, creators outlet is now uh, Monday, Tuesday, Friday nights. Uh, I do a I do an art show with Sean Hal called the Sean Zell Art Show on Wednesday nights. And I do a show, you know, you wouldn't think it by my appearance, but I do OK Boomer the podcast. Huh. Ain't nothing wrong with that, nice. man. Where uh, my buddy Thomas and I uh, from Outright Geekery, we just go back in time with, with comic books, you know, old old back issues. We go through them like page by page and just checking out cool stuff that people might have forgot about or, you know, never knew. Uh, this week uh, we're doing... Way the way back machine, Batman 121, first Mr. Freeze. Oh, oh, nice. That's awesome. And it's like, I actually have one of those. Well, not a real one. Toys R Us was giving away like Batman, like very cheap newspaper right. print promo things. Yeah. And I came across them going through my going through my collection. I was like, oh cool. I go, I have one of those somewhere. He goes, Oh, where is it? I go, I have no idea. <laughs> it's somewhere. It's somewhere. <laughs> So, uh, from what I saw, the uh, the campaign is going quite well. And yeah, we can say that. I, I saw top billing and scream punk. That's Pops' nicknames for us. So Matt oh. is scream punk for obvious reasons because it's metal and steampunk, and uh, Pops can calls me top billing because he says that I should always have the top billing because it's a I think it's a a ladies first type of thing. So it's just names that have stuck. Cool. Now I remember the last campaign. There were like dragon heads and all kinds of way over the top stuff and i'm like and i remember seeing you know 
you guys doing like live updates here and there. And it's like, well, somebody just bought another dragon's head. And yeah. Like, <laughs> there was one oh. where I was wearing the dragon head. And mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh, it was, it was crazy. And uh, this time I, I see stuff that I really like because, you know, I was the DJ for 35 years. Uh, oh, like yeah. Stuff, that's what I want to hear. Some of my equipment's like right over there. So I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, glow in the dark, dark leather dragon steampunk. Uh, turntable mats and absolutely mats. And, and Splatter vinyl. vinyl. I'm, like, I'm like, oh. Hey, man, the, we, we, we got room for you in the campaign, man. Go get yourself <laughs> some of it. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> So for those that, that are watching that may not be familiar with our campaign, it's Heirs of Isildur versus Tales from Nocturnia, which are our two IPs that we um, have worked on together. Heirs of Isildur is a um, steampunk time travel series, and Tales from Nocturnia is our medieval fantasy series. And what this campaign is, is it is uh, both a comic and the new metal album. Uh, Matt is a musician. He does about what is it, about 90% of the music, at least? Um, yeah, I would um, say that. We do have guest musicians, which we'll get into a little bit later. But um, the reason why it's our two IPs titles ver versus each other is that there are five songs on the album that are um, that deal with Heirs of Sealdor and five songs that deal with Tales from Nocturnia. And we wanted to kind of do a little tongue-in-cheek kind of Marvel versus Capcom fun little style for the cover there. And that's also the cover for the comic. The comic is sort of a bridge issue. Heirs of Isildur is an 11 issue story arc uh, that we turned into a 200 plus page trade paperback. And um, that story arc ended on a bit of a cliffhanger for our main character, Michael Isildur. Uh, the fate, his fate was left kind of up in the air, so to speak. Um, a lot of people have been asking us, you know, what's the deal with him? Did he die? Is he alive? Is it something else and we uh we're, we address that with this comic it's kind of just a little one shot that we're gonna put out before we go on to the next story arc for heirs cool and one of the things we try to do with this as well is uh you know we're always about making sure that we expand whatever ip whatever whatever medium we're working on we want to expand it out past the boundaries of that medium so this comic uh, has actually got all the song lyrics are a part of the comic at the end of the comic. So instead of when you get the uh, the multicolor splatter vinyl, we have a uh, the portal variant, which is blue, red, and black. And then we have the, uh, the Dragon's Lair variant, which is a neon orange green splatter variant. Um, instead of getting a sheet of paper in the record with, uh, with the lyrics on there, all the lyrics are in the back of the comic issue. Uh, each song gets its own page. You'll also get an explanation of here is what's actually going on in the song. Here's the character that this song is from their perspective of, and then where it fits in the story, because some of the songs actually go back and summarize events that happen in the Crossroads Conundrum. Some of them deal with events that happen in Nightmare Scenario. And then uh, if you turn that record over and go over to Tales from Nocturnia, there are songs that deal with um or that are affiliated with all the different issues and then the trade paperback of tales from nocturnia so we wanted to make sure there's a little bit of a value add if you're somebody that's a music fan 
that is picking up the record, you're going to get a little something more because, hey, I've got my record, I've got my song lyrics, but then you're also going to get a comic story that comes along with it as well that we hope is something that are going to be like, hey, this is kind of cool. I might want to check out what came before or what's coming after and kind of go from there. You have literally made a comic book rock opera. We try. We try. Hey, we that's try. a great way to look at it. Except just <laughs> replace, except re replace the opera with uh, with an angry bear and a blender and, you know, turn that thing on high speed with a machine gun and then that's me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Well, I just I just took that cue from uh, you know being a longtime Alice Cooper fan. So I would say we are probably closer to um, to uh, Doomstar Requiem from Death Clock than we are anything else, even though it's a lot heavier than what uh, Death Clock and Metalocalypse was. Yeah, because uh, I, I listened I listened to some of the music and it starts off like a little dream theater ish. And then gets really screamy. That's right. That's right. Got to be, got to be screamy. Got to be screamy. But even though it's screamy, it's um, I'm still enunciating all the vocals because to me, I'm like, why would if you're going to put the time and effort into making a song that's got thought-provoking lyrics in there, somebody needs to at least be able to understand them. So if they're mm -hmm. not if they're not coming out of my mouth in a way that is understandable, then what's the point? Well, and you can look at the lyrics in the, the comic because the comic includes all of the, the song lyrics. We decided that's kind of more fun than, you know, I mean, there's a CD. You can get the CD, vinyl, or MP3, but um, we, you know, dedicated full pages to the lyrics and kind of the song explanation. So it's kind of a fun little added bonus. Yeah, it's, that's just, like, really cool. And we, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refresh it on the other page first. All right. Just in case it's... No, no, it's it's still at that. At, so let's see if we can get it up past that a little there bit. There we go. The stream. So you're at seven thousand ninety-seven out of thirty-five hundred. Right, and and the way that we the way that we look at um, there's two different schools of thought when you launch a Kickstarter and what your ask is. Um, some people will ask for what they think they can get by the end of the campaign. The mm -hmm. other train of thought says you ask for what you think you could get in the first two days. We went with what we thought we could get in the first two days, what our hope was. We actually obliterated that number in 40 minutes. We actually, we were 40, between 40 and 41 minutes in when we actually funded, um, which was pretty amazing to us. Um, we are, we are happy with where we're at. We're actually on pace to potentially have, uh, you know, we're actually having, we have our second best Kickstarter we've ever had right now, dollar amount wise. Um, if we have a good final 18 days of the campaign, we could potentially eclipse our best campaign ever. We're not going to count our chickens before they hatch, but that's something we're hoping actually happens. Um, but if you think about the amount of things that we're doing in this campaign, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that $3,500 does not cover even the cost of what we're doing because oh, yeah. right off the bat, you have to pay for art costs. We got multiple covers. Um, we had, you know, four different artists, I believe four different artists, three different artists, three different artists that worked on covers for us. Um, we have interior artists. We have colorists um, to do even short runs of splatter vinyl. You're talking in the thousands just to get the short yeah. runs done. Um, cheap. Yeah. So, so just to, and then, then you also have got Kickstarter fees and, uh, 
and shipping costs and all that. So you start pulling those things out and you're like, okay, well, are we even, are we even in the black yet when it comes to that? So that's not saying that we aren't. It's just saying that people see a big number on Kickstarter and they think, oh, these guys are just trying to, you know, just bilk us out of anything. But there's, there's a lot of expense, a lot of expense to putting together the kind of campaign that we do, the, the leather work, um, that we get from GB Leatherworks, that stuff obviously isn't free. Um, so there's a lot to it. So we're happy with the pace that we're on. We're happy with the, with the trajectory of our campaign, but, um, the farther we can get it, the more we can, the more we can fund and the more we can give back to everybody who is actually a backer. We just actually crossed a, um, crossed a stretch goal right before we got on this broadcast. We haven't even put the graphics up for what was, what was there in the stretch goal, but we can, uh, Steph, what do you think? You think we can tell them what's going to be in this? Uh, what the, what was achieved at this stretch goal? I think, think so. So, do you want to you want to hear that, man? You want to hear what uh, what happened at seven thousand? Of course, I do. That's what I'm talking about. So, at six thousand, well, first at five thousand, we added four pages to the the issue, so it went from being twenty four pages to twenty eight pages. Um, at six thousand. We revealed three trading cards, three hollow foil trading cards. Um, and we said we would randomly insert one of those three cards in every physical backers package. And there was uh, one PDF uh, from another creator that was in that level as well. At 7,000, those three trading cards we revealed at 6,000. Now two of those three are going to get put into every physical backers package instead of just one. We uh, also are adding in uh, Monster Matador, uh, part of the hashtag comics and metal with us, because they've got a metal song that is their um, that is their uh, their theme song, and um, you're going to get their PDF and a copy of their MP3 um, alongside of those trading cards. And then um, we also we can't reveal what it is right now. We'll reveal that tomorrow, but we do have a one of a kind tier going to be revealed. And we are, we're going to put it out there as just a, an add-on because it's something that is only uh, one character. I mean, not one character, it's one item that's there. And we want to make sure that everybody, whether it's on our email list or whether it's on our backer list, know the time we're going to unveil that because we want everybody to have the, the equal opportunity to be the one to get up there and click on it if they want it. We want our, our email list to be like, dude, why are we on the email list? We didn't even know about it. It's already been taken. But that was unlocked at 7,000, and we're super stoked about that, and we can uh, see where we go from there. Pops, I backed this, but have to change to the Corey Steger cover, and <laughs> you should get that one, too. So uh, are you familiar with what the Corey Steger cover is that we have on the campaign? Yes, because I actually was buried in this campaign for about an hour today. Oh, I love it. I love hearing that. Um, Corey Steger, for those that don't know, it was a, a longtime friend of mine. He uh, was a founding member of the band Under Oath, and um, he recorded uh, on my old band, Royal Anguish. He, he recorded on an album we did named Mysterion back in the early 2000s. Corey was part of the formulation of the ideas for what Heirs of a Sealder was going to be. He was always on the musical side, but... Um, you know, he, we kind of had ideas about that there was going to be some backstory and there was going to be characters. The characters he and I talked about never actually made it into the story as individuals. They were kind of amalgamated 
and turned into the character you see um, on your screen right now, which is Michael Isildor. He's the main character in Ayers. Um, Corey recorded on every one of the tracks on the first album on the Crossroads Conundrum. Uh, he was just down in March and he uh, recorded for on half of the tracks for the album. And um, 11 days later, his life was tragically taken in a, in a car accident. So we ended up having possessing the final recorded tracks for, for him um, on this campaign. What Steph said earlier um, for the comic, for Nightmare Scenario, we left Michael Isildor in this moment of peril. Is he alive? Is he dead? Is he somewhere in between? There was a lot of very dark imagery that we had that was going to be potentially attached as variant covers. And immediately we removed all those from consideration out of... Uh, out of respect uh, for Corey, we did we didn't think it was going to be um, in our best interest to have graveyard imagery and things like that on the covers. So we were fortunate enough to get James Sims to uh, to on a, on very short notice. I mean, Corey just just uh, passed away on March seventeenth. So we were able to come up with our idea, um, get it formulated between Steph, myself, Rick, and or Rick Lobb, who is Corey's best friend, and uh, James. And James came up with this with really amazing cover. It's it's down in the campaign, and it is um, called Tribute, and it is Corey sitting on a Game of Thrones-inspired throne that is made out of his guitars. We uh, found every picture of every guitar he's ever played that we could. Corey was well-known for getting guitars and selling them and giving them away and different things like that. And uh, we went back to screen captures of times when he was back in Under Oath and when he played with the power metal band Archer, um, Symmetry Point, which is his own project, and then obviously to Heirs of Isildur. And uh, we tried to make sure that the throne was constructed of as many of his guitars as possible. So it was actually a picture that culminated the, the musical career of him uh, when he passed on. And I, I saw that cover and I was like, you know, I'm going through and I'm looking, I go, Oh, this is cool. Ooh, I like the parchment one. <laughs> we oh. like to pride ourselves on on uh, on our variant covers, and um, we also have that we haven't talked about the uh, GPK homage one yet. I don't think, um, but that is uh, one by artist Walter Osley, who did. He actually did two. Uh, garbage Pail Kit homages, and that's the um, the one that you see there on the campaign that looks like the the atom bomb character from GPK. Mm -hmm. And he did two for two of our characters uh, for our Tales from Nocturnia um, story. One was the you know our our hero Beninok, so he was blasted Beninok, and then our villain, uh, one of our villains, Verminoth. So he was vile Verminoth. And we actually had him make one for Michael Isildor because we knew that we were going to be doing more errors stuff in the future. And we thought, hey, may as well have him do all three covers right now. We'll hang on to the Michael one until we do a campaign for errors. And we finally got to unveil it with this one. And we're offering the foil version for that one, too. But, yeah, the parchment one, uh, we got to have that because it's kind of, you know, kind of that steampunk vibe for our, mm -hmm. our, steampunk, van our steampunk fans. Um, that, one yeah, that, one, yeah, that one's going to be a very, a very limited edition. We already said that we're going to print up whatever amount we need for the campaign and probably only about 20 more. So for the parchment cover, if we have 10 people buying in the campaign, we're printing up 30. If we have 50 people buy out, we're printing up 70. So we're going to make sure those are all hand numbered so that people know that they may have one of these very rare variants that only got printed up one time during the campaign. Yeah. So don't don't wait to see to see these two at a convention to 
to grab that That's parchment right. cover. Yeah. Or any or any of the others that are at all any of the others because you know you never know how soon these things are gonna be gone. Absolutely. And uh one of the things too that people have asked us, they're like, man, you guys have a lot of stuff. You know, do I do I need to read Tales from Nocturnia? Do I need to read Heirs of a Sealer to be able to enjoy what's on this album or in this comic? Absolutely, you do not need to do that. Obviously, we would want you to, to, to understand what has happened in the past, but it's not, we're designing it so you don't have to do that because the, the farther we go in what we write, we know that that just creates a larger back catalog for people. And um, we don't want people to be intimidated by feeling like they have to go through the back catalog to be able to understand what's happening. Uh, one of the things we're doing in um, in Nightmare Scenario, we're going to make sure that there is a, a a prologue on there that will have just enough information to be able to get you up to speed with where we're starting. And then at the end, part of the first stretch goal uh, with those extra pages, we're going to put uh, Expand and Understand in there, which is something that people really enjoyed in Tales from Nocturnia, where all the characters and whatnot that you meet in this issue after the story's over... Um, we are going to have explanations of who these characters are, why they're important. Um, so that way you have insight into their, their importance in the story. And the reason why we put it at the end is because we like to have surprise characters and, and reveals and things like that. And if we put all this stuff at the beginning, then it's going to take all that surprise away. You're going to be like, Oh crap. Well, I guess this character is going to show up at some point in the story. And now your reveal and, and your, and, and all that is going to be gone. So we put that at the end so that that way we know that they at least are going to have the ability to understand when they see a character come in for one panel, you know, they'll at least know that there's a reason why that panel's there or why that pair, that character has a relationship with whoever the, uh, the other, the main character is going to be in that panel with them. <clears throat> now myself, I would want to buy all the, all the trades to go with it because that's just the kind of nerd I am. I want to read the whole story. I don't want to, it's like, well, this is a one shot and it's not connected to anything, but are there more? Yeah. Well, well. And, yeah. Well, you know, and like, and like Steph said, um, even though it's a one shot, it's more of like a chapter that is pulled out of the overall arc. Um, mm -hmm. We like to equate it to, um, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan and you watch the two towers and the return of the King, um, the extended edition of return of the King is different than the theatrical version. Um, Peter Jackson made a controversial decision to cut out the entire death of Saruman scene that was in um, return of the King. And he was asked about it. And what he said was, I didn't want to start off the third movie with what felt like, 20 to 30 minutes of the end of the second movie. He wanted to get right into the meat of return of the King story arc. And what nightmare scenario is, we feel like is kind of the same thing. Um, it, it is a good end cap for what people have been wanting from us from, from the crossroads conundrum, but it also sets up where we want to go with our next arc, which is the perilous prospects. Um, it's going to be pretty obvious and pretty clear as to who the players are going to be. When we start the perilous prospects, we can jump right into that storyline without having to explain nightmare scenario. Cause if nightmare scenario was still involved in perilous prospects, we'd have to have a pretty long first issue just to set up who the players are going to be in, in that story arc. And we didn't want to do that. So this gave us the opportunity to pull this thought process out, 
make it a one-shot bridge in between the two story arcs. And uh, something you just said there about wanting to make sure you get all the trades. One of the things we are known for, and we have people like, oh, you guys have too many tiers up there on your campaign. We brought what, Steph, 38 tiers on the campaign? Quite a bit, yeah. And the reason we do that is because someone like yourself, you're like, hey, I want to get all the trades. Um, if you want to get all the trades, we have completionist tier. We have tiers that have got both albums, both trades, and uh, nightmare scenario. So you can have all the stories right there in one uh, in in one tier. And we have the digital version of that. We have the physical version of that. We have tiers of uh, multiple versions of tiers called Let's Get Steamy, because somebody could be only a steampunk fan and they want everything that that relates to just the steampunk side of things. We have Let's Get Medieval. We have a bunch of bunch of tiers there. They want um, everything that's related to just the medieval side. Um, we have a few different tiers uh, for Corey, uh, and people have, have taken those where you got the Corey cover, you have the first CD, the second CD, and the vinyl. We try to make sure that even if there's a lot of tiers to sift through, that you are probably going to be able to find one that's going to be really close to what you want. And then if you still don't have a tier that you want, um, that's, that doesn't have everything exactly as you want, we try to make sure we have a pretty extensive list in the add-on section as well. We've had people that have added on baby dragon head keychains from previous campaigns and uh, the, the challenge coins we have and enamel pins and trading cards. And they've done all different kinds of things like that. So we try to make sure, even though it's a lot of information to take in, there is still, it's all there for you to be able to take in. You're not left wondering, how am I ever going to get all this stuff together? And speaking of which, let's take a look at all the stuff. I think that sounds like a good idea. What do you think, Steph? I think so. The campaign. Well, there's a little hint of some of all the stuff, but not yes, all of it. Yeah, there yeah. you see some of our uh, some of our covers. Yeah, some of our covers there and the uh, vinyl variant. So uh, obviously that gives you an example of the um, green orange record variant, and then the purple blue or purple black or whatever we're calling it. <laughs> you've also got the I have colors. You got the CD Don't make there. me talk about the colors. You got some CDs there. You've also got the glow in the dark guitar picks. They were something for early bird backers, but past the early bird, if you get a tier that's over $59 before shipping, you're still going to get one. It's got the heirs of the sealed or gears on one side, and it's got the double dragon logo from Tales from Attorney on the other. And then right beside there, you see our good friend Harrison Hansen, and he's got two different versions of the uh, decorative uh, turntable mats. And for the campaign only, um, those things have glow in the dark elements. He's only going to do that for the campaign. Um, and later on down in the campaign, there's actually a video of him turning the light on and the light off where you can see on the, uh, the airs gear. Um, I believe that the, uh, the hands, uh, on the clock are what's glow in the dark. And then on the double dragon logo for tales from Nocturnia, um, some elements on the dragons actually glow in the dark as well. So those are, those are Kickstarter exclusive. You still may be able to get one of the mats afterwards, but he's not going to go to the trouble of doing the glow in the dark because it is a process to make that happen. He mm -hmm. has to get different paint. He has to get uh, this like this like dust residue uh, stuff to put together. He actually had to go through quite a bit of prep to figure out what would actually work. And he's like, look, I'm going to do it for the campaign and that's it. Yeah. I, I kind of want to get the, the gears one and just literally 
put the mechanics in the back and turn it into a real clock. Yeah, oh, yeah. well, and that's the other thing too is you can the those you know if for anybody that's like well these look really cool but I don't have a turntable there's you literally could hang them on your wall as a decorative piece or prop yeah. them up on a table somewhere I mean there's literally a hole right in the middle of it that you could just hang it right up on your wall and they're they're almost as solid they're solid they're almost as yeah, solid as a, as a vinyl record where I was stunned yeah. when Harrison showed me uh, the first prototype. And I was like, you could slap somebody in the face with these things and probably probably knock them out. You know, I mean, they're pretty, they're they're unlike what I expected. <laughs> now you gave them ideas. <laughs> we need to put a disclaimer on our on our page now. <laughs> well, you know, about ten years ago, it would have been, you know, me picking up one of those mats and whacking somebody every time they asked if uh, I could charge their iPhone for them. Like, oh never. man, no. I can break it for you because that's what I'll do if you <laughs> hand it to me. I'll I'll just throw it. But somebody I don't didn't, believe, somebody didn't I, believe me one time, and I actually did. But I know Harrison did say on that Airs Gear one that he is going to um, put a little bit more in the background on there, so there might be some lightning on there that's similar to the uh, malfunctioning Michael cover. So there might be a little bit more on that that Airs Gear one as well. Hey, what's going on? I see Trish. Uh, Trish Bankston is down. Hi, there Trish. Like, what's going on, Trish? Awesome. Trish. Trish, the mega backer for indie comics everywhere. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So this is what we talked about earlier. So just before we came on this broadcast, um, we we eclipsed the seven thousand mark. So we've already got the graphic made. We just haven't put it up here on the screen yet, and. Um, the graphic is made for the uh, 7,000 uh, stretch goal. We have a graphic made that's going to go underneath there to explain what's in the 7,000 stretch goal, and we've set the stage for the next stretch goal. And the hollow foil trading cards. Yes. Yeah. Trading cards, we do them pretty much with every campaign now. It's, it's kind of our thing. So um, those are the ones that are revealed that will be um, included. Yep. When we get to the uh, right now, we're at those three cards are going to get us to 42 cards that we've done um, over the course of our of our campaigns. We had three sets of 10. So we actually have got like the trading card box. that has got like the 10 pack that look like the old Garbage Pail Kids packs from back in the day. Mm -hmm. And then these are going to that's the 10th, 11th and 12th foil card that we've done to this point. Will there be more? You never know. We'll have to see what happens in the campaign. Who knows? And of course, all the. Uh... All tier backers are going to get the impure blood uh, number one PDF. Yep. And like yep. we said earlier, like we said earlier, the 6,000 stretch goal meant you were going to get one of those three cards randomly inserted at 7,000. Everybody that's a physical backer is going to get two of those three inserted. And you're also going to get a special edition of monster matador. Number one, it's not going to be just the regular old number one. Um, it is the cre uh, I think he called it the creator version where there's actually like a bunch of additional content that's in there. And you're also going to get the MP3 of the theme song. We are Comics and Metal. We've been using the hashtag Comics and Metal. We wanted to make sure we involved some other metal in the campaign. And um, his theme song is actually going to be uh, be given to all backers as well. And certain lucky backers might actually get the two connecting cards. That's yes. right. That's right. That is the yes. Renan Shodi showdown cover with the two connecting cards there. Um like I said, one of the other things that's unlocked at 7,000 is a special elite one of a kind, literally going to be one in the campaign. We're not going to tell people what it is yet, 
But um, as soon as we get a chance and as soon as we can get the graphics made, we can get a time set and we can make sure the information is out to our campaign backers and our email list. Uh, we'll set a time for when we're actually going to put that into our add-ons. It'll be one. Um, it's going to be definitely not going to be for the faint of heart uh, as far as the pricing on it goes. But once people see what it is, they're probably going to understand why there's only one of them and why it is definitely uh, definitely not something that um, that it, that is going to cost a, a cheap amount. So for those of you that don't know what's happening on this cover, as Steph said earlier, this is a Marvel versus Capcom homage. Um, we, as we were doing our most recent campaigns, the first album we had, every song was um, related back to Heirs of a Sealer. That's how it was designed. Uh, we knew we didn't want to do exactly the same thing with this album, but we weren't really sure what we wanted to do. But over time, organically, half the songs we wrote were for Heirs of a Sealer, for every one of our Tales from Nocturnia campaigns, we wrote some music for the campaign video. And so if you were to go back to Tales from Nocturnia 1, 2, and 3, and you go look at those campaign videos, you'll hear a little bit of music. Every one of those tracks actually turned into a full track that's going to be on the album. And we're like, what are we going to do with five songs for Airs and five songs for Nocturnia? We're like, wouldn't it be cool if this was a video game and we got to see them all fight it out and see who was going to win? Um, we couldn't do a video game of it, but we could... We could do an album cover and make it, you know, have an homage to that kind of uh, Marvel versus Capcom kind of feel. Very cool. There is the Dragon's Lair variant. I like that one just because it pops. Yeah, yeah you know, was... it's funny. We kind of had our guesses. We thought, you know, when we, we had the two different variants, options we kind of guessed we thought oh you know this one will probably sell a little bit more than the other we've been really surprised because um we kind of thought maybe the the orange green variant cover would sell a little bit more because collectors it's kind of crazy you know vinyl is this big resurgence everybody knows vinyl is selling more than than cds right now and believe it or not in the metal world uh vinyl is is huge and the crazier the splatter the better and there's usually tons of variants and so if you go on metal boards you'll see uh that you know these bands will put out their albums and they'll have these crazy like splatter vinyls and so we thought that the orange and green would would sell a little bit more but surprisingly the um the blue and and um the blue black and red one, one yeah has sold just a little bit more which is shy, which is like, but you know what though? That's cool. I mean, we just, you never know where the, you never know where the, the vibe is going to go out there in the market. And right now we've probably sold double. I mean, we're very pleased with what we sold on the other, yeah. but oh, yeah. we probably sold double, uh, you know, double of the portal variant than of the dragons variant. But you know what? Hey, that's fine with me. If people are enjoying it, I really don't care which one they're buying. If they're buying one, that makes me happy because that means that they think it's cool enough that they actually want to have it in their collection. Yeah. This, uh, the portal actually makes me think more of kind of like a dragon's eye. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's true. I never really looked at it like yeah. that. Yeah. But, you know, on the plus side, 
dude, you're selling rad vinyl albums. So I love you know, it. Love it so much. And and we don't, I try to make sure everybody knows that even though I'm the metal guy and, and, and brought Steph into the metal world, she's the one that very calmly and intellectually was like, hey, we're doing the next album. I'd like to consider vinyl and brought that thought process into the air. And once we did some research on it, we realized, hey, this is exactly what we want to be doing. And so that's what we did. That's why we got the vinyl out here. And now we, we feel like it'd be silly for us to, to have not considered it because it's just you know, more the there are more vinyl records sold than any other medium in physical in physical music right now, and it accounts for nearly two thirds of the revenue of music physical media. So, for us to not be in that, when being in a collector's world like we are, for us to not do that would be silly. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I've got a crate of vinyl behind me on the other side of the room too. Well, and. Of and course, much, it, it also has a couple of those old power records from the 70s with Star Trek yeah. and Superman, but you know. Well, you want to know something that's actually cool that you just bring that up. So we were on a podcast on Friday night, and um, Steph was talking about how she's a big vinyl collector and she collects soundtracks and different things like that. And a buddy of mine, uh, Asgrim, who used to be um, a bandmate of mine, he... Um, he was on, he watched, he backed the campaign. And then I saw him the next day at Corey Steger's uh, memorial service. And, um, you know, we exchanged a few things because we were previously bandmates with longtime friends. And I'm like, hey, I got this for you, got this for you. He goes, hey, I got something for Steph. I'm like, okay. So like, yeah, he goes, I was literally digging through my vinyl while your show was on, just looking at stuff. And he's like, hey, I have two of these records. I'll just give it to Matt to give over to Steph. And he gave me an original vinyl copy of the Raiders of the Lost Ark soundtrack to give to her. And, and she was it's just crazy. Cause I'm like, I'm a huge John Williams fan. I mean, it's just, it's, I'm a huge adventure movie fan. And so that was like, <laughs> that's definitely one that I want in my collection. Yes. Yeah, so she was like, she's like, I told her, I said, Hey, I got a, I got a, a gift. Somebody gave me something to give to you. And she was like, to give to me. Said, well, I said, yeah, that, yes, definitely to you, named for you. It's not for me. And she was uh, she was pretty thrilled. Asgrim's a good guy, man. So I was glad he did that. That's very cool. And, uh, you know, Trish likes one of a kind stuff. Absolutely. So do we. We try, we try really hard to make our campaigns unique. You know, we're, we're in a, indie comics is a small pool, but there are a lot of comic campaigns out there. There's a lot of music campaigns out there going on all at the same time. And we're all peers. We're all, you know, trying to get eyes on our campaigns all at the same time. And mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we're offering unique collectibles, cool merchandise, um, you know, fun comics, or in this case, music that, um, might cause somebody to pause if they're kind of scrolling through Kickstarter looking for something that they they want to back. And here's a peek at some of the pages with the yes. song lyrics. Yes. Yes. Yep. That's how that's exactly how the song lyric pages are gonna look. The only difference is is that uh how you see that there's like a brown page and a green page and a red page and a, and a blue page. There's gonna be two pages that are blue um that face each other then you turn there's gonna be two pages that are brown two pages that are green we wanted to make sure people could see the differences in the way the different pages look. So that's why you see those represented um we did have a we did have someone ask us though they said i wasn't sure what i was going to get am i actually going to get a comic in here 
and um because all we show are the um are the lyric pages and the answer that is absolutely yes you are um this is a comic that ends with lyric pages this is not a prose book that may have a couple of panels in there so we probably are going to end up putting up the first page from the story um a little bit later on in the campaign the reason why we haven't is because it's it is a, it is a shorter chapter it's about 18 20 pages but we also did not want to go and spoil the story because once you get past page one every page after that yeah. has got some kind of spoiler to it yeah as, uh, yeah. as to as to you know, answering the, you know, is Michael alive dead or somewhere in between or who's going to show up or what's going to be happening. Cause it's a very wild adventure. This is by far the craziest adventure that's ever happened in the heirs world. And um, we feel like if we were to put too many of the pages out there, it's going to spoil the joy for people that are going to, to, to get a chance to read it. Cause if you get, if you have half the issue or a quarter of the issue out there before you get it, you're already going to have a feeling about what's going to take place. So we'll probably put page one up there because we feel like we can put page one up without it being a spoiler. But after that, we're going to withhold only because we don't want people to have it spoiled just by looking at the campaign. That and the, uh, the lyrics pages do not change by themselves. Like you see here. <laughs> Although no, that would, that that would, would be, be rad cool. as hell. That would be very cool. We could do one of the lenticular. <laughs> that might be that might be the uh, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars stretch goal yes. add-on. Yeah, we'll we'll make some yeah. lenticular pages. Two hundred and fifty k, one of a kind. Uh, Trish, it has your name on it. Just graphic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so there, you, we see all of our covers there. All the we we and I, we covered all of them, I think, at this point. Um, but there you yeah. kind of see them all all displayed together and then an explanation of each one just just for those people that might you know think oh you know i, I i'd like to collect them all or I, I want at least half of them or whatever the case may be um we give a breakdown of who the artists are and involved and and you know anything else you might need to know about them one of the things we did do is underneath the d cover which is the foil version of uh of malfunctioning michael we did put a graphic in there so you could see we actually have, have had people pick it up in the campaign so you could see all three of the garbage pail kid homage yeah. covers you can see blasted benadoc vile vermanoth and um malfunctioning michael all side by side so you know they're all there and we do have some catch-up tiers if somebody just wants to pick those up you have the option to get those as well cool uh i have i have to admit that the uh g PK eluded me. Like I saw the new one and I'm like, oh, cool. And it's resonating somewhere in the back of my skull. And then when I saw like all three covers, I go, oh, garbage pail kids. And then I well, saw the GPK again. I go, yeah, yeah. Oh, what an idiot. Garbage pail kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, we and we we've, we've GPK is the abbreviation that the that the tops company actually uses, and there's times we will use that only because we try to we don't want to be using their copyrighted phrase. We try to use it as, as little as we can mm -hmm. uh, because because of, especially because of the uh, back in the day you had the Cabbage Patch Kids, Garbage Pail Kids lawsuit and all that. So we try to be respectful of that. 
Uh, but yes, that's why we use GPK and then we will say garbage pail kids when we have to. Yeah. So we have cover A, the showdown. Yep, and as you've as we've talked about, that's the showdown between uh, multiple characters from Heirs of a Sealed Door and multiple characters from Tales from Nocturnia. One of the things that, um, if you are a fan of Tales from Nocturnia, that you'll find interesting is on the Tales from Nocturnia side, you've got characters that were were fighting against each other in the story. We actually drew them all together, representing Tales from Nocturnia here in in on, in the same uh, on the same side. So you've got. Beninok and Verminoth, who were mortal enemies. Uh, you also have Endolin and Lord Narkath and Burgaz and Zagreb, who are all the bad guys. And then you have two of the stable maidens in uh, Marsalise and Lena that are all seven unified in going up against the heirs of Isildur forces, so to speak, on this cover. We just thought that that would look kind of neat because that's how you have it in Marvel versus Capcom. You have characters that were mortal enemies, kind of like, you know, hey, in our hood, we don't like each other, but don't come into our hood because we're going to fight for our hood together. Once we get rid of you guys, we'll go back to fighting amongst ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then we have the cool parchment cover. There's our parchment cover. In sepia tone, as we like to say. And there's exploding Michael. Yep, there's the malfunctioning Michael. We actually had Walter do the the other two covers first uh, because they are much more related to the atom bomb blasted Billy that we know from Garbage Pail Kids. Um, in Tales from Nocturnia, there's a volcano that is involved in the story. So we said, hey, let's put the volcano behind these guys' heads and the volcano is going to be exploding while their head's exploding. Um, for Michael, there's a lot of energy and electricity from the portals, and so that's what's coming out of his head is the energy from the portals. Very cool. And then there's our foil version, of course. Always got to have a foil version. And we're pretty sure that this time, so on the, the Nocturnia side, it was just standard foil. I'm pretty sure we're going to go with a lava foil uh, for this one, so it's going to have a little more action in the foil itself on those foil versions. Yeah, surprisingly, you'd be amazed at how many different types of foil they can do. It's kind of crazy, and it's a little overwhelming, the choices that we have um, for to do these types of covers. It's pretty cool, though. And then and there's all our, three. There's the, all three, the other two from Nocturnia, and then uh, and then our, our newest one with Michael. So if you are a, a either a... Maybe you're a Walter Osley fan. Maybe you're a Garbage Pail Kids fan, or maybe you just uh, you have the other two and you want to complete the set because you're a completionist. Then we obviously offer that. And the tribute for Corey. Yes. Yeah, those uh, those pictures that are there, the um, top and everything to the right. Those pictures were all taken on March 6th. So those are very, very, very recent pictures. They were taken 11 days prior to his demise. They were taken during the recording sessions for uh, for uh, the album that's on Kickstarter right now. And one of the one of the things that was really cool for me was um, um, his family and I have had a lot of discussions um, since his demise and between then and the memorial that we just had. And they set up an email account for people to send pictures of Corey and they didn't send it out to 
tons of people because Corey wasn't under oath and they didn't want to have thousands and thousands of pictures out there that they'd have to sift through. But I was one of the people that they did. And I think I sent them 20 or 30 pictures and they had the video that was running during the uh, uh, reception prior to the service. And then they had the big video screen during the service. Yeah. And there's 20 or 30 pictures sitting right here in this room um, that are on, that are up there involved in all the rest of the pictures. Um, like a lot of the pictures that are on, I think every picture that's on there other than the one of him uh, playing around doing vocals actually is in their, um, was in their memorial video that they made. And it was actually really cool being in a room full of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people for this memorial, watching them watch our pictures up there on the screen. It was actually really cool. And here's the tribute cover. There it is. Game of Thrones homage. The throne is made of Corey's guitars. Um, little little things like he always wore silly socks. We made sure to get the silly socks on there. And uh, just really, really felt like this did him justice. The family members all really enjoy it. Uh, even his grandma came up to me and she's like, I need to know where I can get one of these covers. And I'm like, you're not buying one of these things, grandma. We're going to give you one. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, grandma gets one for Grandma gets one for free. You're not buying a dang cover. That's for everybody else. But we're not we're not <laughs> making his grandmother buy one of these things. Yeah, That's exactly. crazy. Yeah. And 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 not for nothing, uh, every guitarist I know uh, fantasizes about actually building one of those thrones. On I know, right? Guitars. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty freaking cool. Although well, a good a good friend of mine who. Uh, He's a, uh, you know, former former Navy guy, and he played guitar for years, but he hasn't picked up a guitar in probably like five or six years. Just traded three guitars to a friend of his that, you know, actively plays and teaches, uh, for like a crazy amount of like high, you know, fairly high end like Silver Age amazing comic oh, wow. like wow. uh you know including the very first appearance of jane foster and you oh, know man. all kind oh I'm, wow first first appearance of iron man Oof. yeah but he's not playing around no i just sit there and troll he's like yeah you know we'll we'll talk about you know comics and i'm like well i'm poor so <laughs> I, I can barely afford to buy like the facsimiles he goes well i got a truck sitting in my driveway that i haven't used in a year and a half so i'm thinking of trading that in uh to get a graded uh 7.5 copy of uh x-men one oh wow <laughs> and i'm just like shaking my head i go oh if only i had a truck to trade in for <laughs> i know right <laughs> And I mean, I've been selling comics and a bunch of toys because I've been collecting stuff, you know, forever. And now I now I got like a twenty four hundred square foot loft, and I'm just going through everything. And I'm selling comics to buy more comics. That's how it works, though. I mean, I, a I'm lot like, of collectors that I know that's that's how it ends up being. And um, uh, you know, you could tell your friend he could sell his truck and get that number one, or he could just buy everything off our campaign. I mean, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah. he might do that too because he is a music fan, and I did share well, this in his go. private group. So, 
you know, there, there's a, there's a good chance. <laughs> hey, while we look at this, Phil Man X said, "Will Matt stuff." Hello, what's going on, my man? Wanted to make sure that we shouted you out. Hello. And, uh, and uh, Trish also said, "To be completely honest, this is the first project I backed of Steph and Matt's because I just found them at Christmas time." I remember talking to her and um, and Mike uh, around that time, and they were I was really impressed with their uh, support for the different campaigns that were out They're there. Such we were awesome supporters of everybody. It's just yeah, we, it's nice yeah. to bring them aboard to our we were, we were in between campaigns at that time. So it, yeah, it's, yeah. We're glad that we finally have something that they can sink their teeth into. And she mentions, you know, she's just happy to have ketchup tears for us latecomers. And that's definitely, I mean, there was, um, we've had a couple people in the industry who have said, you know, if you don't have a catch-up tier, I'm I'm not going to back your campaign because I need to, if I'm jumping in late into the series, I can't just pick up issue five and not know what happens, you know? Um, and so that's kind of stuck in our heads. You know, we always have to have some sort of, of catch-up tier. We can't assume that everybody is returning backer or fan or whatever the case may be. Uh, we want to give those people an opportunity if they're like, this sounds like a really cool story, but I need to know the rest. Like you were saying mm -hmm. um, earlier, you know, we want to, so we'll, we will always offer uh, those opportunities. Well, yeah. Cause you, obviously you, you figured, you know, every campaign you're adding on more people and word of mouth goes out and appearing on, I don't know, like a million and one yeah. podcasts. Every, well, then, yep. <laughs> every, every campaign and, yep. uh, you know, just if somebody is like searching out or commenting on like comic book stuff, they might've just got back into the hobby or something. Then, you know, of course, uh, you know, Facebook is selling their information to Kickstarter and Indiegogo so they can market them on the feed. Yeah. And all of a sudden your campaign comes up and you're like, what's this? Ooh, music and comics. Yeah, and and one of the things we learned this time too, which we actually did not realize we were allowed to do, um, Kickstarter themselves told us because our campaign is 50% comics and 50% music and it's all integrated together, that they encouraged us to actually switch the category that our campaign is listed in every few days because we are in comics slash comic books, but then we're also in music slash metal. So the the campaign started off in comics. I think we have it back now in metal. This is we the second yeah. iteration through. It's been in comics twice. It's been in music twice. Because there are some people that may only come to Kickstarter and they may say, I want to see if there's some new music out there for me to, to pick up. And they're not going to logically go into the comic section to look for metal. And likewise somebody's not going to go to the music section to look for comics. Yeah. So they said, because of the, the kind of campaign you have, switch it every couple of days so that that way it's actually potentially getting in front of a different set of eyes. So we can't say that it's that it's done a lot of good, but we can't say that it hasn't because we did get backers. There's no way really of knowing. Yeah. yeah every, every time that we've had it in the different categories, we have gotten backers. We don't know what brought them in, but we do know that there hasn't been a dead period, no matter what, what category we've had it in. Yeah. And it, I think it's, it's important to know too, that our type of campaign, it fits well to do that. Now, if we had some of our previous campaigns, like our airs campaigns, where the album, the first album had been out for years and we offered it as part of one tier, but it was for the comic or the trade, we wouldn't really be able to do that. Wouldn't be necessarily be fair for us to do that. Cause that'd be stretching it a little <laughs> to say yeah, that I it's think... both comics and music. 
this obviously is is both. It's the comic and the album. We're highlighting both, you know, one just as much as the other. So it makes sense to switch back and forth between the categories. I think I think the one thing that we would have known that uh, on campaign two and campaign four, because this is our fifth campaign. On campaign two, we did issue 11 of Airs, but then also the 268-page graphic novel. And then the last campaign, we did um, Airs three and then the trade paperback for Airs. We could have at that time switched back and forth between comics and then the subcategory of comic yeah. books and the subcategory of trade paper of, uh, of graphic novels. But yeah. we didn't know at the time we were allowed to do that, but we could have in the comic world moved it back and forth between comics and graphic novels if we wanted to, if we would have known that then. We know that for the next time down the line when we have a uh, an issue and a trade in the same campaign if we do. Yes. Yeah, and you don't care whether it's the comics that brought them in or the music that brought them in. You're just glad they're here. You know what? My brother coined a phrase a long time ago that you do not want to be in the sales prevention department. And mm -hmm. somebody comes in and, and they want to buy stuff from us. Hey, we're going to be happy. Um, if, uh, if somebody asks, uh, Trish is a good example. Um, she had asked if we had a specific type of ketchup tier and we just we didn't have it. It was just one of those oversights. Even with all the tiers we made, it was just one that was an oversight. So we made that tier because she asked for it. We had uh, someone else that was like, hey, I'm in the add-ons. I picked a tier. I'm in the add-ons and I don't see this obvious thing. Like, I think we may have not even had the records in as add-ons where you could go pick a tier and add on a record. And we're like, well, we yeah. got to fix that. Um, yeah, still we've actually added, we've added quite a few tiers from people messaging us. That's one of the things that we we try to be really good about is if someone messages us and asks us a question, we're going to reply as soon as we can and, and work with them. Um, so if, if you're going through the campaign right now and you have a question, just hit us up. We'll be, we'll be happy to help. And we, the, we've had a couple of people that have pointed out to us that we didn't have something on the, oh, we have so much stuff. And those last few days of getting a campaign ready are so crazy that it just, there's a few items that slipped through the cracks and we've had people that have brought them up and, Good thing that they did because then we were able to add them on real quick. Well, the the add-ons are great, and uh, I had uh, I had Rylan Grant on a few weeks ago. Okay, okay, yeah. And uh, I, you know, I pledged to his campaign as well. And uh, when I when I got to the end, I I told him I go, dude, you had so many add-ons. I felt like I was scrolling to the bottom of the screen to find my <laughs> birth year. Spin <laughs> <laughs> it around like the wheel of fortune. <laughs> he goes, he goes, yep, he goes. If if I even have one of anything, it goes into an add-on. Yes, that's exactly how we are too. We have a lot of back merchandise that it does us no good to have it just sitting around. <laughs> we're gonna oh, take yeah. it to a show or we're gonna offer it on the campaign. If there are those people that if this is their first time, their first exposure to us and they we have had some people that are like, I want to take it all. We have tiers that offer everything. And we've had people that have taken those because they just, they would, they want it all. And we, if we don't offer that, if we don't put it on there, no one's going to take it. If we oh. put it on there and, and it just goes unnoticed, well, then at least we tried. And we've talked to some creators and we've told them, look, what if, if as a creator to other creators, one of the biggest words of advice we can give is, have a tier in your campaign that is literally everything you can possibly put together because the only thing it's going to harm you in doing is it's going to take you a little bit of time to put that tier together. Yeah. But you know what? 
you might have an issue of something that's been sitting in your inventory for a year that is never going to move. But you know what? There might be somebody out there that's a collector that might want it. And if they don't have it in that campaign, they're not going to go search it out. And they may say, hey, I want one of everything. We had a period of time uh, where in our live shows, we sold more of our metal CDs to senior citizens than we did to metal fans. Absolute, absolute truth to that statement. Because we were doing a lot of steampunk shows and the demographic for steampunk shows is, is a little older than what you would get at a, a metal show. And people come up, they talk to us, they're like, yeah, I like you guys, I want one of everything. I'm like, you do know that that's a metal CD over there, right? Yeah. Like, I don't care, you guys are cool, we want one of everything. Yeah. There's people that, that have done that on, on Kickstarter campaigns and we're like, guys, if you've got, I don't care if you've got five different book series, Make a tier that is so if somebody wants everything, get it all in there. Yeah, they can get one click. I've got everything that William Pace ever put out is right here in this one tier. I want everything because he's a cool guy. Boom, got them all. And even if there's, you know, you have like one book of, you know, something that you did back in like the early 80s where you went to Kinko's and you yeah. made black and white copies and you stapled them together. I have a couple in the other room and uh, you put, there are collectors that want that you've got one left and you put it out there. Yep. It's bound to catch at least one or two people's eyes and, and somebody will snag it up because it's like, it's one of when, especially in, in, in this age of uh, collecting and speculation, people see one of one. Boom, they're going to get it. They might not read it. They might just put it in a plastic coffin, but they bought it. Well, let me yeah, tell you, I mean, it's up to them what they do with it. But we've actually had people that have come to me and said, do you have any first printing, you know, first edition, uh, number one of heirs? And, you know, we, we're going to we're gonna offer that stuff until it's no longer available. Well, I can we're tell you, well, we, have, yeah. it. we actually had a fun and interesting story on the same note happened when we did the Tales from Nocturnia Complete Legendary Saga mm -hmm. Trades. Uh, they were being printed up at the printers and we had a, a, uh, an event where we're having a release event and we get a call from the printers like, Hey, we have a, a, a an issue with the spine on the books. It's not uh, when I designed it, I designed it with, with the wrong millimeter count. And I'm like, ah, oh, that sucks because um, we had all this other stuff to pick up from and we have this event coming up and he's like, Hey, we got seven in and we had to stop the press because we saw that the, that the spine wasn't sitting correctly. So redesign the spine, send it down to them. They said, hey, look, we are not going to be able to have this, this good run ready for the events you have coming up. We'll have all the other issues ready. We'll have seven of these misprints ready for you that you can take up there so people can see them. So maybe they'll pre-order them at the event or whatever it may be. So we get to the event and there are people that have already bought the, the trade that we're going to pick it up there. And they're like, dude, you've got seven misprints Give me one of those misprints. Yeah. We actually, out of the seven, we sold the other five at the show. I kept one for myself. Steph kept one for herself. But all seven of the misprints were actually accounted for. And I think four of the five were bought by people who already had purchased the original one. Because they're like, hey, I want the misprint too. I, I want everything you guys do. So if you have a misprint, you better give it to me. So you're absolutely right. It's, cra it's crazy how they, the... Uh, the market works. I don't know if you saw that uh, LeBron James, um, his rookie ba basketball card today sold for $5.2 million. 
5.2 million dollars in the speculation market i'm like man that's i need to go get my need to go be lebron james for a minute it's crazy it's crazy but collectors will will uh spend it if you offer it so that's what we're gonna do yeah, I mean, the, we don't the, have a five million dollar piece but <laughs> who's to say we have a five million dollar piece now we might in a couple years you never you know. never know yeah. <laughs> goals it, it could be that that certain thing that you can't mention that's only going to be one of one that apparently Trish and Mike want to buy. <laughs> and, we do have and, some, we, uh, we do have somebody that's do. a we do have somebody that's a that's a fan of ours that actually curses us whenever we add something to the campaign. They're like, "You bastards! You're you're hurting my wallet. Why you add these? <laughs> my things? wallet why is you, crying. Like, why sorry. are you doing this to me?" But. You know, and then they're like, give me a minute. I got to call up Citibank and see if I can get, get an extension. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. The extras. So there's the turntable covers that we mentioned earlier with uh, good old Harrison holding them up to, to show you the, you know, kind of their size. And like I said, there's a video that's right underneath there that uh, you might be able to even play it right now if you want to take. It's only a couple seconds, like 20 seconds long. But you can actually see the, some of the glow in the dark elements of the storm. Look at that. Oh, Look yeah. how cool that is. That's rad. <laughs> now, the thing about that video, too, is that it's, it's kind of slipped in under the radar, which we've been really surprised about, is... Uh, the music that you're hearing there and the music that is in the first half of the campaign trailer is actually part of one of the songs that is on the album. That's actually the comic title track, Nightmare Scenario. Um, when we did our first album, we had one song that has no guitars and no vocals on there called Transcendence. And people really liked that soundtrack epic sound something it sounds like uh two uh, two steps from hell different things like that and um we kind of knew that we had to have a song like that on this album it was going to be like the transcendence companion song and um that's where nightmare scenario the song came from and that's that's a whatever 20 second clip of transcend of uh, nightmare scenario the campaign video has another 40 seconds of that song up there as well so that's that's a preview of music that you can buy right uh -huh. now. That's right. The glow-in-the-dark guitar pick. One of my favorite little items that we're offering. Yep, that was uh, for for the early birds, which for us, we don't give early birds of a time limit. We give them of a, of a backer number. The first 50 physical backers, um, no matter what their backing level was, all get one of those picks. Um, after those 50, only what we call elite tiers, which are $59 prior to shipping uh, or higher, will get those things added into their campaign, added into their, their pledge. Um, if you pick a tier that is less than that, but then you add on items that get to $59, we'll still add one of those picks in as well. Very cool. This is just because you wanted to pick up a guitar again. I know it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did make sure they are actually, I think they're going to be 0.94s, which are about what I use. Uh, you know, you never know. I might actually record some stuff on one of the songs with one of those picks. In the dark. In the dark. That's so right. we can take In some cool video of it. Because it wouldn't mean anything if you was just, I'm holding a green guitar pick while I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So turn the lights out. <laughs> 
I always used to try. I always used to do that to uh, one of my best friends, guitarists, because he'd been, he'd been playing for like twenty years, but you would never know it because he just sat there and stared at his fretboard the entire time. He, just, <laughs> he used to get pissed off at me because I would like black out this, do like a quick blackout on the stage, and it would be. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd like yell and swear at me, but you know, he was like, uh, he was probably like 20 pounds lighter than Steph and about half her <laughs> height. And he just, you know, I'm, I'm sick. I'm six two, 300 plus pounds. And he'd just be like, you know, down to the ground screaming at me from knee height. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Shouldn't you so, know this song? So you said you said he probably weighs less the twenty pounds less than steps. So you're saying he weighed a negative amount? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it said he took up negative space, but so there is a that the graphic you're on right now. There, there is a lot of the items, not all of them, but a lot of the items we have in the add-on section. We've got foil covers. Uh, we've got um, like the Inferians cover that we did for the band and fairy from Tales from Nocturne number two. Um, we've got the trade paperbacks for both heirs and for Nocturnia for the first arc for heirs. Uh, we have a whole bunch of different shirts. Um, I think we still have some triple XL shirts available. Um, uh, I think we're, I think we only have one or two double X's, but we try to keep larger shirts in as well. We have our, our super sexy face masks, some woodwork that we had done for us, the leather dragon masks, the original CD and all the trading cards and any other thing we could find um, is in there in some way, shape or form. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh, there's those the, two weirdos. It's the steampunk <laughs> versions of the guests. That's right. <laughs> if you go to any, any live show, that's what you're going to get is our, our take on steampunk and little, uh, our, our flair with some steampunk vibe to it. How we've evolved from, you know, kind of traditional steampunk to now twinning and doing some wild and crazy stuff, but we're having fun. And we, um, we can guarantee that for the most part now, if you walk into a con, we're going to be, you know, eye catching to say the least of <laughs> the things that we wear. <laughs> Got to have fun with it. Why else, we, we, if yeah. we didn't want to have fun, we'd be like accountants or something, you know? <laughs> and, you know, I've, I've seen posts and obviously the, the fans, they get and have a lot of fun because you guys, are, you guys are dressed up and, you know, what is it, like nine out of ten people going to cons are like dressed in various costumes now? Exactly, Absolutely. exactly. Well, and the fun thing, too, is we kind of have, we don't do it, we do it like 95%, 99% of pics that we take with people. We have our signature poses. Matt always does his metal pose or whatever and i just felt silly doing it just because i just there's no way i can ever look tough so i would do the point that's that's my thing is just to do a point so if you've seen pics of us that's normally what we're doing and the best part is was when we have people ask to take pics with us and we do those poses and then they automatically do something else of their own it's so much fun to see these people just kind of automatically they're like, well, I'm going to just go out of my comfort zone a little bit and do some sort of pose and they do something and it's just fun. We, you know, we just want to have fun with people. Yeah. I, I tried that a couple of times and then I look at the pictures afterwards and I'm just, <laughs> you know, cringing. Uh, yeah. See, that's why I point. Cause I, there's no way I could do I could do a, a metal pose. It just doesn't look right when you look like an elf, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, we, we try and have fun with things. Um, I was talking with one of Corey's relatives today. And if you look at the, um, 
the most recent update. If you go to the updates and you click on the most recent update, we've been doing a series of pictures. We've had some magical happenings happening around uh, around these parts. And um, the comment that I made to him was, uh, you know, even if you're sad, you want you still want to laugh. Everybody wants to laugh. Yeah, if you click on that, yeah, read more in there. Just see some 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 interesting things have happened. So Steph went to uh, oh, yeah. laundry. She went to pull her laundry out the other day, and a magical tank top appeared. And it gave the uh, campaign update. So, you know, there that was what happened. And it was it was startling, but she got over it. And then if you scroll down a little bit, the very next day, you know, she was going through a vinyl collection and, and a magical record appeared and it gave the campaign update. And, you know, so she's like, well, what's going Where on? And then, things afoot in the, in the team and sim world right now. Well, well, the thing that was crazy was we were on with uh, Jay Wendell <laughs> on the uh, Midwest Metal Show last night. And after we get off, he's working on his show and... You know, his screen was overtaken and his screen showed the campaign updates. He's like, what is going on here? So, you know, we, we try to have some fun with this and, and, you know, we, 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 we are keeping our eyes out to see if any of these other things might happen to see if this, this energy, this magical energy might appear elsewhere. And you never know where it could appear and may not appear anywhere. It may appear more and we'll just have you to never see know what with us. We like to keep people on their toes. You never know what to expect from old Matt and Steph. You, you gotta can, have fun with things. You can <laughs> never tell what's gonna happen. That's right. We'll, we'll zoom down to see what we can see. Yeah, so at, I mean, the, at the bottom of the campaign, campaign, we just go through some of the creators, the musicians that are in there. Uh, the one thing that's at the bottom uh, that we talk about is um, the deliverables. We have a very, a very, the shipping notes. We put a special section for shipping notes in here. Um, if you don't follow the vinyl production market, you don't understand just how backed up it is. It is ludicrous how backed up vinyl production is. Um, even major record labels are having some difficulty getting their vinyl in, in a timely fashion. Mm -hmm. So for this campaign, we've actually set two different deliverable dates, uh, for everything that is not vinyl and not the, um, the leather, um, turntable covers. Uh, we've set August as the month for de for um, hopeful delivery. And then for the records, we had to set November. And the reason why we did that is because we did not want people that are just like, hey, man, I want my Garbage Pail Kid covers. I don't give a crap about vinyl. We didn't want these people to needlessly be waiting for November when they could have their stuff in August. Um, yeah. So it's built into the campaign. You know, if you're somebody that's getting both, you're going to get – um, the CDs and the MP3s and the physical copies and your add-ons in August. And then when the vinyls come in, that's when you're going to get the vinyls. Yeah. And I'm like, that works perfect for me. Cause I'm like, my birthday's in November. So I'm like, that's like a birthday present to me. Nice. What's your birthday, man? What's your birthday, man? 21st. Ooh, I'm, close. I'm the 26th. So we, so close. are you, so are you, Sagittarius, are you last day of Scorpio? Uh, yeah, I'm right on the border there. We're going to call you a, a we're, we are going to call you an honorary Sagittarius yeah. for the evening, sir. <laughs> I, I have, I have a lot of typical traits of both, you know, so, so, you know, that like, is definitely a Sagittarius. <laughs> you know, like when you when you go out to dinner, it's like, what are you gonna have? We go, oh, a little from column A, a little from column B. There you go. <laughs> you so know, the so. other thing, so the other thing too that we want to tell people, if you if you are interested in our campaign, the earlier you get into our campaigns, the better off it could be for you because at the end of the campaigns, 
we will do um we'll do campaign drawings we'll do some post campaign drawings we are known for doing this uh last time we gave away some foil covers and some brian silverbacks homage covers that we did uh, i think we had seven drawings at the end of the campaign last time um yeah we have a lot of fun with them too I think we've already got two uh, two drawings set up. One of them was, um, well, we had the CromCon drawing. Uh, then we also did one for the top 100. If you were in the top 100 backers, your names are gonna go into a pool and there's gonna be a drawing there. Um, we are about to do one with Monster Matador with Steven Prince, uh, which cool. we'll just say it now. So if you are someone that has backed both Monster Matador and uh, our campaign, uh, you give us your name, and we will get you into that the matador the uh, the matador drawing at the end of the campaign. Um, fairly certain we're going to have at least two more. Not going to say what they are right now, but fairly certain we'll have two more. And so the earlier you get into the campaign, the more chance you have to be able to uh, get your name into one of those drawings. You never know what you could win. We've had people. Uh, we had Thomas Tenney from Marvel and Creepshow give us a a a signed print. Um, like I said, we've given away uh, $30 foil covers and $30 homage covers and different things as well. And you know what? If you are in five different drawings and we happen to pull your name five times, well, you know what? You just you just had your lucky day. Yep. So, you know, that that's uh, that's so the earlier you get into our campaigns, the more you have a chance to get yourself onto these lists and uh, have more fun after the campaign is over. We want our campaigns to be an experience from the day that we launch it. Uh, for the day that we announce it until the day we have those drawings. And then after that, obviously getting the stuff into your hands. Uh, we definitely don't want people to just think that we look at you as numbers. Um, obviously we want the backer number to rise. Obviously we want the pledge number to rise, but we want you to feel like when you are in the campaign that you are getting an experience that we actually give a crap about you being involved in the campaign, that there's going to be fun. We just showed you those pictures that we made. We, we sit here all day long, doing the graphics and, and trying to make sure that people that backed it at the beginning feel like they're just as appreciated as the new backers we're going after as the campaign progresses. And because of something you said when you were talking about the the drawings, I have to bring up one of Pop's earlier. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right, we did it. We did a CromCon drawing and it, um, if you, uh, if you watched anything in CromCon and you've backed our campaign and you say, hey, look, I watched CromCon and now I've backed the campaign, let us know. We get you on that list. Yep. Yep. And Fun hey, little incentives there. Everybody likes free stuff. That's right. Everybody wants value. As like I said, now if you uh if you back, I mean when the people that backed at the beginning didn't know it was going to be added on, they just knew they were getting a guitar pick. Now that you now you know, hey, you're at least going to be getting two of the uh, foil trading cards and you're going to be getting a couple of uh a PDFs, you know, who knows what could be coming down the line. We just have to get there to find out. Well, I know I'm going to be getting a, a guitar pick. Well, I like the sounds of that. I know I'm getting a guitar pick because I've looked at the campaign and there's, there's no way in hell I'm getting out of that, you know, without spending it at least $59. <laughs> Yeah, probably closer to 159, well, but you know. Well, we're not going to stop you. <laughs> that's right. We're not going to stop you. Don't let us hold you up. No, nope, don't let us hold you back. No. <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm doing. I'm selling my old, my older comics that I've that I've read. Uh, many of them I don't give two craps about. I was just bored and had money burning a hole in my pocket, so I'd walk into my LCS. I would get 
everything that was on hold for me that week. I'd flip through them, and then I'd look at the wall and be like, oh, this looks cool, this looks cool, this looks cool, this looks cool. And now I'm selling all those for even cooler stuff. So, Hey, that's the way it works, you know? That's the way it works. Yep. I'm a comic book crack addict. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being a crack addict as long as it's not uh, not the white kind. Not the white kind, no. The right kind, not the white kind. Oh. That's right. So uh, why don't you guys tell everybody uh, where you like to be followed on social media so they can uh, see all your posts besides, you know, once you uh, once you contribute to the to the greater good here, you will uh, get all the updates in emails, but to see the posts live as they go out and uh, all the cool things you guys share out. So the, uh, the first thing you want to do is on Facebook, you want to go to uh, forward slash in sim, I N S Y M. Um, I'll share a lot of stuff onto, uh, onto my personal Facebook page, but then we'll go and share it over there. Uh, so you want to definitely share uh, that forward slash in sim. You also want to go to uh, Instagram in symmetry creations and, um, and follow the, the in symmetry creations page there. Um, Sign up for our email list because we do send a lot of stuff out through the email list, especially during campaigns. We try to update at least every other day through email. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, and then my personal uh, is uh, at Dr. Anguish, Dr. Anguish. Steph is at Steph Cannon Writes. But um, the main thing is if you, if you had to pick one thing to do, follow InSim or InSim Creations on Twitter or InSymmetry Creations wherever you can, and you're going to be able to get that information. Trish likes free stuff. Free stuff, good. <laughs> free stuff, good. We and are I'm... getting a pink too, I think. Yes, yes, you are. Yes, you are, Trish. Yep. That is a that is a guarantee. We've got our spreadsheet over here. Whenever somebody backs, we actually keep our own spreadsheet. Yeah. Uh, and we put everybody's stuff in there as we go, so we know what the quantities are. And I can uh, I could go over here. Yes, it said that Trish is getting the pink. Yeah, that's that's the actually the noise this computer makes. It's really weird, but that's right. Would you, like, <laughs> you like me to do that again? Yeah. How did that go again? It's, it's, okay. So hold on. Ready? I'm gonna say it's. Oh wait, this one just I, I just looked into the future on this one, and it said William Pace is going to feel really satisfied with what he chooses <laughs> in this campaign. Really? Well, now wow. we're making promises that I don't know if we can keep. Wow. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on over here. I'm not sure either, but it sounds like a good Friday night to me. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're making promises. I don't know if we're going to be able to, to fulfill there. It was, hey, it was the computer. I didn't do it. The computer did it. I'm not sure. You know, I'm my, All right, then. <laughs> Matt will just send me the half of the sandwich from Subway you didn't eat. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I'll be like, ooh, a sandwich. Be a, little, cool. be a little soggy, but it's a sandwich. It's all right, you know. <laughs> Throw it on the grill for five minutes. It's all there. Good. You go, <laughs> toast it up. <laughs> it's all good. Get it all toast up. But I mean, this this whole project looks looks awesome. Thank of course, you. I I'm excited for the vinyl. I'm I'm more excited that the vinyl is going to show up around my birthday. Like so, which which one of those two vinyls is something that actually appeals to you? We always like to know people if they're if they're picking one. Are they more into the the blue, red, black? Are they into the neon orange and green splatter? Uh I'm like I said, I like I like the Dragon's Lair one because uh, you know, outside of obviously 
listening to the album and following along with the uh, the lyrics in the back of the comic and and you know just listening to get into like headspace for reading or whatever. Uh, I have I have a bunch of vinyl frames that uh, look really good on the wall and uh, some black lights that would make that thing look amazing. Oh, yes. That is exactly why we got it, because we already had the green and, and orange Double Dragon stuff from the last time. We have the shirts that actually look good in the in the uh, black light, and we're like, hey, we've got to keep that motif up when it comes to uh, comes to the records. Oh, yeah. I, I, I saw that one. I was like, oh, that one looks cool. Because... I've been I've been getting frustrated because I I like a lot of the vinyl that uh, that Mondo puts out and it's like that's all what like, I collect. It's that's all like collect. limited, and yep. by the time I get a notification, ooh, new new Mondo vinyl, and I'll look. And sometimes it's something that I'm mildly interested in, and sometimes it's something I go, oh, why? Yep. And I go I go to click, you know, purchase in the cart. And I get the bing, bing, bing. Sorry. Yeah. Item, oh, item yeah. is sold out. I, I know. I was telling oh, Matt oh. about this the other day about um, because I'm a big movie soundtrack fan. So that's what I collect exclusively. And, and the majority of them come from Mondo. And they do their drop every Wednesday. And there are some. I managed to snag some of the, the coveted ones that I really wanted that they did over the holiday season. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I was having like a friend help like do it on their side. And I was like, if you, we both get one, then, you know, we'll figure it out because I wanted them so bad, but yeah, you go and you wait, you get on like right at the time that it drops and it's already sold out. And I'm like, and you know, it's those dang collectors that are going to turn around on, on eBay and sell them. And, uh, but yeah, that's, that's Mondo is my, yeah. I collect movie posters too. Variant movie posters is my other thing that I collect. For, so. for a while, uh. Mondo and Outright Geekery had a had a had a thing, so they they were sending us like this. You know, we we could pick certain things, and they would send them to us, and we would uh, you know we would do like an opening and a review and everything yeah. else. And uh, yeah, I I I did the you know comic book dealer thing, and I did I did the review and the opening. Uh, I played with the toy for quite a while, and. Uh, then I then I sold it. Yeah, I mean there. Are, yeah, I, well, I, need, I, mean, I needed comic book money. Are, yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> Is right. This looks like a dragon eye. Yeah, I think we're gonna. Yeah, well, maybe we'll call that the dragon's eye variant or something. <laughs> <laughs> And the, well, the one thing too, we, we try to make sure we let people know this every time that um, we get onto a show. Um, people need to approach variant colored vinyl differently than they approach a variant cover um, on a comic or a t-shirt mm -hmm. printing, because this is not something that comes off of a silk screen where you're going to get exactly the same thing every time. Um, colored vinyl is an art form. They have a, it looks like a donut and then they put it into a bowl of it looks like fruity pebbles and to get the different colors. Mm. And then there is a, a different, there's a way that they actually make the, um, the vinyl have the, the form that it does. And so all three of us on this, on this call could all get the same dragon's lair variant and they might, they're going to look a little bit different. But mine might have a little more of the green splatter than wills does. And Steph might be more green than orange, but it's just because of the, the manual nature. This is all done by hand. There's actually a person there that is packing the stuff onto the vinyl. So it, yeah. it's really cool that these things, even if you say, Hey, we've all got the, 
Dragon's Lair variant, you could have every one of them is a little more one of a kind than the next. So it's really cool. So even if they're all the same, they aren't the same, which is, which kind of makes it that much more collectible. Yeah, they're, you know, they look similar, but they're all one of a kind because, yep. you know, it's like, you know, no two snowflakes and all that. That's exactly, exactly it. Right. So it makes them cool. So, I mean, this is, this has been awesome. And uh, I can't wait to spend my money uh, and, and take, take my money. Oh, gladly. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you having us on. And uh, like I said, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Uh, we will get the graphics up, uh, whether it's going to be tonight or tomorrow morning for the uh, the stretch goal that happened at 7,000. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen when we get to 8,000 if we get there. I mean, that's that's where the next one's going to be. We'll have to see what happens when we get there, and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. If we get there. I was at the end of your last campaign, remember? <laughs> I know. Hey, we're hoping to do if we can surpass that, then we'll be we'll be um overjoyed. But yeah. you know, right now we're just counting the little steps till we get there. We yeah, never expected gonna, to fund in 40 minutes either. So <laughs> everything yeah, is nice and take, now. We're not gonna take anything for granted, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're we're just appreciative of every single person. Doesn't matter if somebody backs, you know, for the, the entry level to get in at six bucks or if somebody gets one of the giant tiers. We uh, we celebrate um, with every person that that backs, and um, you know, so it doesn't matter. You could be somebody like you know, we will back a lot of creators. We'll back it at a low level, so that way we can back more campaigns and give more support. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter to us. We're going to jump for joy if it's the the small backer or the big backer because that's a person that is investing their time and their money in what we do, and we we appreciate that more than more than we can articulate. Yes. Yeah. It, well, it's it's you know every every single backer is another set of eyes appreciating all this hard work you guys have put into this. And, and you know what we are we are finally now getting back into a, a point in our world where things are starting to open up a little bit more and mm. there's going to be more potential opportunities for shows that are not in Florida and California for Steph and I to do. And like I said, at the beginning of this broadcast, we had shows, we had 14 events in five States that were canceled in 2020. We were supposed to be in five States. We ended up doing shows in, uh, we did shows in two because Steph ended up doing a couple in California or one in California before everything got closed down. After that, everything was in Florida. So we missed out on Georgia North Carolina, Washington State, and some other bigger ones in California we're supposed to do. Um, we want to get back out there. We want to be in different places. We want to be in as many states as we can yes. doing what we do. And yep. so the more people that have eyes on what we're doing, the more people that like what we do, the more opportunities there's going to be for us to be in those places. So it's it's kind of the long game in that respect. You know, we we know we have to continue to build our fan base so we can have those opportunities. Yeah, I know. I've been getting excited because more and more shows are like opening up, and uh, you know, I I've seen like uh, like three or four shows over like the last couple of days. It was one up by me uh, in in New Hampshire, which was like an old school Comic Con, just comic creators and and vendors. Yep. And uh, then I heard that uh, Terrificon in Connecticut is one hundred percent go. Uh, and then I got even more excited because he's got the cast of the original Land of the Lost showing up. Nice. Awesome. Just, just showing my age. Uh, <laughs> I know uh, Rhode Island Comic Con is a go. Uh, they've already announced uh, 
as many people as they can from the Cobra Kai series. Oh man, I'm so I'm we've got I think I came in late to that series. I've got maybe a few episodes left of of uh season three, but oh I would love to be there for that. Oh, so good. Oh, I'm loving it. I love it. It's such a it's so great. It's kind of like a I, I say it's kind of like after like these crazy days that we have, it's just kind of a palate cleanser just to sit down mm-hmm. and just <laughs> shut my brain off and just enjoy just a nice show, you know. Well, <laughs> we I remember get those opportunities. The, the very first Red Island Comic Con, uh the guy that plays Johnny Lawrence was there. Oh man. And there oh. was a cosplayer dressed as Booster Gold. Oh, and he had he had skeets. It was like on a hard wire, like oh, up amazing. over here. And it was yeah. basically like an MP3 player with like a button in his hand. So he kept walking back and forth by his <laughs> table. And every time he pressed the button, it was the theme music to Karate Kid. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, so I'm oh, like, <laughs> I'm like the show's so good. And I I I covered I covered that one for Outright Geekery back in 2019. And got to hang out with like a lot of cool, uh, you know, a lot of cool indie people, a lot of cool, like, you know, mainstream people that are uh, surprisingly now uh, indie people. Like, yeah, that's how like, it works sometimes. Like, like, like Graham Nolan and, you know, yeah. um, Bill McKay and, you know, yeah. a, few, a few other people. And I got to meet uh, uh, a big time favorite of mine, Mike Grell. So, yeah, uh, we love uh, we love cons. Matt's had the opportunity to be a panel moderator at Collective Con in in uh, Jacksonville, and it was pretty fun. I mean, you know, it's there. They are there's quite a few anime anime voice actors there, but mm-hmm. we uh, he's he's gotten to um, interview um, the Swallow. armor yep, the armor Emily from Mandalorian from Mandalorian and uh, yeah, a few others. Cesar Garcia from Breaking Bad and Fast and the Furious. Uh, Johnny Young Bosch from Power Rangers. So Trish asks, are you guys going to do any other cons besides the ones in Florida? We're really hoping so. Um, California is, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're not really, I mean, you, I mean, I'm sure everybody's heard now what comic, what uh, San Diego's doing, which is <laughs> doing their Thanksgiving weekend, which is not, uh, probably not the best weekend. I'll put it that way. Um, we have hopes to do some more in the, uh, Southeast because, um, there are a few shows that we were going to do last year that obviously canceled, uh, that we still have tables that we can hopefully do. Um, we're just kind of waiting to see what the shows say. It's hard. There's some that yeah. haven't really said anything. You know, you, you, you saw the repop announced New York Comic-Con and ECCC and C2E2 and, mm-hmm. and Supercon that they're all going on and those are way later in the year. We've got these that are a couple months away. We're like, will they please say something? <laughs> I have to travel. I have to fly to these places. Don't these people know? <laughs> so we're, we're hoping to, we want to go and we want to go to other areas that we haven't been yet. We've been, um, Matt and I did e, uh, ECCC in 2019 um, and have done uh, cons in California and Florida. We'd love to get to some other parts of the United States that we haven't been yet because it's a whole new area, a whole new demographic for us. So yeah, fingers so, crossed. Yeah. So Trish, so in, 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 a, in a general statement, we absolutely intend on doing whatever shows we can do wherever they're at, if they make financial sense for us. 
Um, we may say financial sense. Hey, if we're a guest at the show, um, if if we have some expenses paid, or we have, or the being at the show is not something that's going to make us financially destitute, um, we we any anything is open. We will consider anything, and if the if the show logistically makes sense, then you can pretend you can you can expect to see us there if if the logistics work out. I think Chris just wants uh, her and Mike to go and hang out with you guys for a weekend. Absolutely. Shoot, if we're in that area, that's going to happen no matter what. Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. But uh, guys, make sure you follow them and uh, back this campaign at, at whatever tier. They're just going to be thrilled that you're uh, yes, invest investing for everybody. Your, your time and money into uh, something they've been working on for uh, quite a number of years now. Yeah, the yes. uh, the album, the album, the uh, the very first time that Steph traveled to Florida to do the first steampunk show she did with me, um, I played her one of the songs that was written for this album. So you're talking, um, you're talking the summer of 2018 was when that yeah. song was written, and the, like so it just been in the back burner, just you know little by little. We wanted to make sure we were focused on the comic side and we were still promoting the first album, and now after all these years, we. Uh, have this album that's getting ready to come out. We're really super stoked about it. And we think everyone's going to love it. So, Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, take your time going through the, uh, through the campaign. Uh, before you know it, uh, you too will be getting a glow in the dark guitar pick. That's right. That's <laughs> right. What do you think? <laughs> I try. I, it's probably because I had a coffee right before the show, <laughs> but you know, whatever, whatever works. So uh, once again, I want to thank you guys for coming out. Uh, thank you so much. Just remember later on, uh, this entire show will be available for download anywhere you get your podcast. Just search for Creators Outlet, uh, specifically uh, the area I put it up on is uh, ageofradio.org. So you can always go there and under new shows, you'll find Creators Outlet. And I'm got a ton of shows this is one night 118 uh, i did 119 last night they were kind of like mismatched numbers but uh from episode 40 on up you can download and and listen to over there so uh please check that out and any other questions you can reach out to me you can find me on twitter at jokerfan and on instagram at jokerfan1969 and uh william pace on facebook and just about any comic book group uh, I'm in. <laughs> and there's lots of them. Good. So, uh, well, we appreciate you having us on. It's it's a it's a great project. Uh, if anybody has any questions, please reach out and get in touch with them. And uh, you know, take Trisha's word for it. And yes. and, and and hurry that's up right. and buy buy anything that's one of one in this campaign <laughs> bef before. Uh, Trish and Mike's credit cards not crying as well. <laughs> but not that that's a bad thing. So uh, um, until next time, uh, we'll see you again. Peace, love, and read some comic books, man. Sounds